Welcome back to Read Talk. I'm your host, Whitney Godwin, and Maura has graduated and left us, unfortunately, so you're stuck with me now. Um, we are happy uh, to be back. I hope everyone had a great holiday break, and today we are kicking off our January podcast series um, with our Careers and Opportunities Director, Mr. Eric Miner. Hi, Eric. How are you? Hello, Whitney. How are you? Happy New Year. You too. Um, so today, I think, you know, really, Eric, we just want to talk about some concrete steps that students can take um, to do a variety of things in the spring semester and also in summer. I know that a lot of students are starting to make goals, not only with the new year, but also with the internship season approaching. So um, first, I kind of want to talk a little bit about students who maybe didn't get involved last semester uh, because they weren't on campus or um, maybe they just didn't feel ready. What advice or steps do you have for students who are looking to get involved this semester and maybe kind of make a little bit of an impact on their resume in some way by being involved? Yeah, I would say the, the number one piece of advice I have is to not wait for, um, for things to return to whatever normal is going to be, um, to, to approach uh, student media, internships, uh, potential part-time jobs, uh, or student organizations. Um, I, I know it's really easy and I'm guilty of this too. In, in that first couple of months with COVID, we were all sort of wondering like, well, you know, I'm just trying to get by. Um, and so don't, don't I, I'm not telling you that you have to go out and, and, and overextend yourself, but be open to the idea of adding um, some student uh, organization involvement this semester, especially now that you've had a semester to kind of get used to the idea of hybrid learning or however it is that you're gonna your coursework is going to be delivered um, and and to not be overly intimidated by that because it's it's my experience and this is again pretty anecdotal but um, I talk to a lot of student organization leaders I talk to a lot of uh, folks involved with our student media and tons and tons of people involved um, with hiring interns and one of the advantages that the the pandemic has created and not to try to put a, a happy you know, coat of paint on it, um, is that it's, we're no longer kind of tied to this nine to five work day. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if there's an opportunity for you to take advantage of some time that, um, you know, maybe you're just sitting around between classes or, or you find yourself kind of bored at, at you know, in the evenings in, in your dorm room, um, you know, think about using some of that time to, to invest in yourself. Um, and by getting involved with with student media or internships is a great way to do that. So, so yeah, it, it typical typical me fashion. I give a really long winded answer to something that's pretty simple, which is just you know don't don't give yourself a pass <laughs> necessarily. And again, I'm not telling you to be to be overly overly aggressive, but 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 seriously think about about you know now that you know what this is like, um, let's talk about how you can can start to make those connections and get involved. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, you know, there are some other things that that students can be doing, too. I know we have a super active um, network of alumni, especially on LinkedIn. And um, I've seen more and more people starting to actually make connections with people in their respective industries on Twitter or TikTok. So um, what advice would you have for students who might want to start networking a little bit also, especially in this virtual time, but are maybe not sure how to approach somebody that they want to connect with? That is a, a terrific question, and I, and I have a good answer for it, but I, I think part of the reason why we're seeing that increase 
um, is because so many people are, so many of the people that you would want to connect with um, are also in a working from home situation or some sort of altered work schedule. Um, and so they're doing all of their communicating professionally uh, remotely. Um, mm -hmm. And so it, it, it's, I, I think the access has really increased. And that's not a free pass to like go and bother every single person <laughs> that, that you that you want to talk to online. Um, but, but also it's, you know, don't be intimidated by that. So my, my, my advice on, on making those connections um, boils down to three really, really basic things. One is to not be fearful about it. Um, most people are very generous with their time and advice. Um, if you approach it the right way. And so part two is what's the right way? The right way is to know what it is that you're asking them for. Um, we took our pretty successful uh, mentorship program remote this year. And mm -hmm. part of the, the work up to that was helping students understand exactly what it was that they were asking for when they were asking for help. Um, and I think that's really, really important. If you come to somebody and just say, hey, do you have any advice for me or a job for me? Um, it, it's gonna, you're not really directing the conversation. Um, but if you come mm -hmm. to somebody and say, hey, I, I really need help with this, or what do you suggest I read, or, or what student involvement should I get in, they're much more likely to have a solid answer for you. You know, don't just approach somebody online, especially somebody that you don't know and say, hey, do you have any advice for me? Because that's too big of a question. Um, whereas if you say to them something like, um, you know, what do you recommend as an entry level job to get to the kind of position that you're in? They can, they can that's a, a specific question that they can come up with an answer to. And the third thing is to make sure that you are locatable and putting your best foot forward on social media. Um, make sure that that you have a, a portfolio and it doesn't have to be anything overly fancy it can be what you started working on in um, in the 225 class in the media tools and applications class um, where you were required to build a WordPress um, update that and make sure it includes some of the best work you've done um, because then that gives you something to show them people I think are naturally a little bit averse to somebody coming to them and saying, Hey, I'm a blank slate. You tell me what to do. And they're much more likely to give you constructive feedback on work that you've done or interests or specific questions that you have. So those seem like um, pretty big steps, but I think it's the kind of thing that you can, uh, that you can work on a little bit at a time and find a great reward in it. Um, it this is what I recommend that you do even by the way, when it's not a global pandemic, um, making yourself visible and knowing what you want um, are pretty important. Uh, and, and, and so you need to spend some time thinking about what kind of job do you want? Some of that is doing additional uh, research on the industry you're trying to break into. So, so, you know, don't be intimidated, know what it is that, that you want and, and be ready to show your best stuff. You know, Eric, this actually ties in perfectly. You talked a little bit there at the end about personal branding, and I know we go over that in our freshman seminar classes, but just to rehash that for somebody who might be looking for a summer internship this year, um, that might be, you know, just a freshman or just getting started um, in our college, and maybe they don't have a lot of stuff on that resume, um, what would you say to them about how their personal branding can help them in a situation like this, especially if maybe they don't have a big pool of work like our upper class students to, to draw from? Yeah, I think you want to, that's a, an awesome question and, and, and a legitimate one, especially at a time when it's, it's a little bit different the way that we attain this experience. I would say it, it begins with the work that you're doing in class. 
Um, mm -hmm. if, if you have no out of class experience, um, then the stuff that you're, that you're learning and doing in class, don't just look at it as a hoop to be jumped through, um, but look at it as an opportunity to really develop your talents, which is, and I don't want to speak out of turn here, but my guess is that's really what your instructors want you to do anyway. Um, mm -hmm. They're not looking for you to just, you know, check off points on a rubric. They want to see you do work that is, that is going to give you an opportunity to grow and develop. And, and so the, the important part of that is to really pay attention to the steps that you're going through in creating those stories. I always come back to a class that I know everyone has to take. Um, you're going to take 215. Mm -hmm. um, and in that class, you're going to learn the basic principles of creating a story for media consumption. And so instead of just saying, hey, I have these skills of interviewing and AP style, think about where you encountered challenges, specific challenges in the researching and writing of those stories and be ready to talk about those either in a, in a verbal, uh, you know, out loud conversation or in a social media uh, or, or email conversation um, with a professional person. When I talk to students about creating portfolios, uh, some students are really, really, really great at, you know, keeping everything. Um, and then what you have is this kind of online catalog of all the stories you wrote for 215 and all the projects you did for 225. But there's not any context there for it. Um, so you want to put yourself in the mindset of somebody that doesn't know what those classes uh, uh, require and what your output in those classes were and start to think about, you know, what it is, what is it that you learned to do and kind of walk them through the process. Now, this doesn't mean, you know, every single step of the way of, well, I emailed a person and then I followed up with a, uh, a list of potential questions. And I'm not talking about that, but talk about your, your ideation process. Um, you're going to be told to pitch a story and you may be told to pitch a story on a certain theme or beat. Um, so why did you come up with that story and how did your, your preparation for covering that story evolve as new information came to light? I think that's much more um, useful to uh, an employer or, or somebody that, that you're trying to make a good professional impression on than just saying, well, I wrote 10 stories and I did 10 interviews and here they are. But instead to say, well, I, you know, I had identified that this was a, a problem in the, in the university community. I made a list of stakeholders. These were the people that I thought had the most um, insight to offer on this. Um, this is how I fact checked it. Um, and this is what I ended up doing to make it ultimately readable or viewable to the, to the end user. Um, that's how newsrooms work. That's how ad agencies and PR uh, offices work. Um, in that there's a process. Um, it's not just a, hey, we're going to write a press release um, or we're going to launch an ad campaign. And so I think letting them in on your reasoning for approaching things the way you did or obstacles that you overcame um, is really, really useful. Um, you know, I mean, and ultimately, um, you know, you're going to be expected to feel confident enough to pick up the phone or, or send an email to uh, ask for an interview. Um, but if it was a really big interview or a really, a really big source or somebody really prominent um, and you, you know, got the courage to ask them for a comment on a story, um, 
you know, maybe talk about that. And the way I, I suggest that you do that is, is by posting on your, on your websites or as attachments to your LinkedIn profile, the actual finished mm -hmm. story, but don't neglect writing a little caption for it and say, this is a story I did for my media tools and applications course. Um, it required me to uh, be responsible for videography and lighting um, and also cutting down a 20 minute interview into a three and a half minute mini documentary. Um, and these are the themes that I thought were most important in that story. And that tells an employer what you're capable of doing. Everybody should know how to use, at some point, uh, the basic Adobe tools, right? But the thing that really sets you apart is what was your personal process um, in getting that work done? Yeah, that's great advice, Eric. And I think a lot of students maybe miss that or don't think about it in that way, especially, like you said, something as simple as adding just a, a small caption um, can really actually change for an employer how they see the work or the story that the student wrote. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So we, we've mentioned this a little bit, but you know, summer internship hunt is starting. Um, it started probably a little bit back in the fall before the holiday for some of those. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing with internships, especially um, now that some of them are virtual and we're not exactly sure what the world is gonna look like in summer um, and maybe what students should be doing to prepare for those, whether it's virtual or on the ground? Yeah, um, and so the, the first, the first um, little caveat I want to give to this information is um, listen to it and contextualize it and don't just listen to this and, and think automatically the worst. Um, the internships are going to be just as important or more important than they ever were and they're going to be a little, they're going to require a little more effort um, to, to locate um, because of the economic impact of this pandemic. However, again, and not to just give you a bright side for the sake of it, there is a bright side um, to, the, to the way this is working. Um, so I, I checked out a, a, an article posted by, uh, posted on collegerecruiter.com um, that is kind of an outlook toward what most employers, and again, this is across all sectors, not just media, uh, but what most employers are kind of expecting for the summer 2021 um, uh, internship season. Um, and whereas you mentioned it, it the, the late fall, early spring is typically when most of that recruiting and application process happens. Um, most employers that responded to this survey done by college recruiters said that they, they just don't know um, what's going to happen in uh, terms of summer internships. Again, typically they would know by February what was going to be offered and they'd potentially even be extending offers to students. But a lot of them are, are a little bit um, uh, you know, got bitten by what happened uh, last summer when a lot of internships were offered and had to be rescinded. Um, so right now, um, my advice to interpret that data, and this is, again, speaking at a pretty large level, it's going to be case by case, depending on the company you're talking to, um, is to still be actively looking now. This is when I would tell you to start the, or be, you know, be involved in actively looking for in summer internships uh, right now but also understand that some of the places that may be soliciting for uh, interns um, may just not know what the future of life in their office is going to be like. Now we've seen a lot of uh, companies pretty quickly pivot to doing um, virtual and remote internship work. And that's where the, the, the silver lining in all of this is, is that your internship search now should be global. Um, one of the first questions I always ask a student when they come in is, and then we're talking about an internship, is if this internship is unpaid or this internship is 
is you know low paying, which most you're not going to get rich doing a summer internship. Mm-hmm. Um, where could you live and have your basic needs met? Um, and that'll help us kind of narrow the scope, right? You know, if you if you are from a, a remote rural town and you know nobody in a big metropolitan city, then looking for an internship in a metro city is going to be additionally difficult because we have to find a place for you to live. Um, whereas uh, in in today's uh, climate, um, why couldn't you uh, potentially do an internship with an advertising agency in Des Moines, Iowa? Um, you know, you don't have to pack up and relocate to, to the Midwest. Um, you don't have to, uh, you know, know uh, a family member that you could, that you could stay with. Um, and if they're amenable to working with a, a remote intern, which most, I think many companies will be, um, then suddenly that opens up a whole world of opportunities for you. Um, you know, I know that the kind of knee-jerk reaction, and this was, was, exactly what I did when I was in your shoes uh, as, as a student a million years ago, was that I was looking for places that I kind of had some familiarity with or places that I could, you know, that I could potentially drive to within a couple of hours. Um, you don't have to do that anymore. Um, you could do an internship in, you know, in the Midwest. And, and, and a little hint to you here, there's uh, a lot of data that shows that, that employment is actually trending upward um, in all sectors and in media in some of those Midwestern cities that you might have previously not thought about. Um, mm. So so that's really what I think you ought to be doing is, is, is one, be aware of the fact that a lot of the companies maybe that you're targeting are not going to know what their internship is going to look like. And so don't sit around and wait for them to sort it out or figure it out or for the external forces of the rate at which we're able to vaccinate people and get offices reopened, but instead start to look at who's, who's looking now and who's in a position now to, to potentially hire you. Um, and again, don't get caught up solely on the idea of that the internship has to be um, quote unquote glamorous. Um, you know, don't just limit your focus to, um, to major, uh, you know, brands or agencies or media companies, um, but be willing to look at some of these smaller startups that are actually doing pretty well in the pandemic, um, or regional media um, that is uh, that is still, uh, you know, capable of bringing somebody on. Yeah, no, I think that's that's great advice, and I do think. Um, you're right. Even, you know, I, I was in college about 11 or 12 years ago looking at the same situation and there really weren't a whole lot of options as far as, you know, branching out like there are now. Um, I do think there is a lot more opportunity and we do have things like the enhancement fund, which can help make some of those things happen too. And so I do think that um, there's a lot more opportunity, even though things can kind of seem a little bleak right now, given the pandemic and just being kind of unsure about a lot of things. Um, I do hope that our students will take advantage of some of those opportunities out there. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about what you should do to prepare. So can you speak to a little bit of what you're seeing? I'm sure you know, applications are starting to roll out. Should students be looking for those um, now? Will those come a little later? Um, what should we be looking for as far as applying? Yeah, I, 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 you know, again, to come back to my, my previous uh, suggestion, um, now <laughs> um, is, is the time. And, and I discovered a, a term that I, I had not heard in, in seven years of, of working here, um, in working in academics, 
um, or in career advising that I really, really like. It's, and it's, it's, it's a concept that I talked about, but there's a great word for it. Uh, it was in a Forbes magazine article I was looking at over the break. And it, the idea here is to, to, instead of just looking at the job application or the internship application process as this kind of one big event on your calendar, I'm going to apply by this deadline. What are the, and this is the term, micro actions that you can be taking um, a little bit at a time that can get you on the radar of these companies or get a little bit of the work done toward preparing your application. I think a lot of us, because um, uh, internships are in the future and especially, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not thinking a whole lot about the summer because we just got started with the winter. Um, and so you, you tend to think, okay, well, I'll, I'll get my application ready by this time. Um, whereas if you can spend a little bit of time connecting with people that work at the company, doing additional research about the company and its competitors, um, understanding uh, through conversations with people that work there how the pandemic has potentially disrupted either uh, short-term or permanently um, the way that their company does business. Those little steps are essential um, to expanding your network. And because not every single one of those little steps is going to pay off, Taking a lot of those little steps increases your chances rather than just looking at, you know, this is the one summer internship I'm going to apply for and it's going to be, you know, uh, that internship or bust. Um, you know, so I, I think now is the time to really start thinking, and this is something that I'm really happy to help with because I know a buzzword like microactions, you're like, what does that mean? Um, to talk about some specific action steps um, that you can take to start to make yourself more noticeable and more employable. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're interested too, there's a, there's a handout that, you know, back in the day when we could all gather in uh, our offices on the ground floor of Martin Hall, there's a handout that I had usually floating around either on the table outside our offices or in the, in the uh, rack on the wall um, of, of a checklist of things that you can be doing. And every one of those falls into what I would define as a micro action a little thing that you can do in your downtime or cut out some time to do rather than trying to do it all at once. Yeah, absolutely. That definitely makes sense. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about, you know, we talked about, you know, getting experience uh, during the semester and internships, but we do have a population of students that will unfortunately be leaving us in May. That's always the hardest part for us. Um, but I'm sure many of them are starting to think about the job search if they haven't already. Um, so what advice do you have for them as far as, you know, starting to look for jobs, starting to get prepared to send out resume reels, things like that? Um, what advice do you have for those students? Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, looking from a, and I've tried to approach this interview by looking at things on a, on a kind of global level and also on the really super local level, which is where I do most of my, uh, where I think I can help the most. Um, globally, right now, hiring trends are expected if everything goes as forecast with the delivery of the vaccine are expected to really pick up in July which is a little weird um, to think about if you're graduating in May. Um, again, this is not permission to say, well, okay, I'm going to graduate in May. I'm going to take two years off and do nothing um, and then wait for a job to materialize in July. Um, but to, to kind of keep that in mind as, um, as you start to plan and be thinking about, you know, what actions can I take rather than waiting for, again, a job to materialize. Um, so again, it comes back to these little, to these little actions. What, how many companies can you research today? Is there a, some additional um, detective work you can use in connecting with a person that works there to gain some additional 
uh, some additional insight. Um, and, and then also really be watching overall employment trends. Uh, I'm guilty of this too. I will oftentimes just because I'm curious about how uh, the industries that fall under the media umbrella are doing, um, that I'll do that at the expense of seeing what other employment trends are. And the reason this is important is that you might miss out on a hiring trend um, in a company that doesn't specifically deal in media, um, but that uses media to reach its audiences. Um, I was looking at, a, at an article this morning and I was surprised to find out that um, one of the industries that has kind of an optimistic outlook going forward um, when, the, when the, the pandemic levels are, are at a more manageable level um, is tourism and hospitality. Um, and I tend to think about that as being one of the industries that took the biggest hit um, when the pandemic hit because you couldn't travel anywhere and you couldn't really you know, vacation anywhere. Um, that is expected to come back in a big way. And so you know, those companies are going to need to reach audiences in the, via social media or through uh, you know, advertising channels or, or a whole host of ways. So be looking at what the overall employment trends are globally. Think about things like, for example, this was another one that I saw that I, that I hadn't previously thought of. Um, the transportation and utilities sector is expected to really come back and do well um, when things start to start to normalize. Um, and so think about, you know, is there a way that I could use my media skills to work for um, a company that provides transportation or that delivers utilities? Um, and, and so I guess the idea here is, is to not narrow your focus. Um, as it relates to news, um, there is some indication that there's going to be an increase in in the way that uh, newsrooms cover health and science issues. Um, those are gonna be pressing areas that uh, if you have an interest in those, you're gonna have an advantage. Um, and while there's not a sharply projected decline in sports and entertainment journalism, those are expected to flatten out a bit, um, which also makes sense if you think about the fact that, that the professional and collegiate sports leagues have been disrupted and so has the production of uh, you know, Hollywood movies and the release of them to theaters. Um, there's just a little less of that content. And so my advice to you on that is, again, not to say, okay, well, I'm going to throw in the towel on a job in sports, but think about ways that you can gain access to those news jobs um, through your skills with audio and video. Those skills are going to be, are, are always in demand, and we're seeing that increase, for example. Um, you know, news delivered via podcast or uh, or short viral video is on the increase. And so, you know, that's a set of skills that you've got that not everyone has. And so be ready to market those uh, skills as well. Um, and again, don't just wait until the last minute. This is a, a, this is a marketing campaign for you. This is um, a, a situation in which you, you, you have an end goal in mind, which is employment and happiness um, and job satisfaction. Um, but that doesn't just occur. Um, and so we need to break this down into what smaller tasks we can uh, take on um, uh, leading up to um, the point at which you, you pull the trigger and apply for a job. I think those are all great concrete steps that our students can be taking, our future graduates can be taking, 
Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to share those with us today. Um, and if you guys would like to make an appointment with Eric to learn more or to talk about your specific situation, you can send him an email. It's eric.minor, M-I-N-O-R, at mail.wvu.edu. Or you can message us on any of our platforms and we will make sure that we get you connected to Eric. But Eric, thank you so much for your time today. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, just I'm really looking forward to talking to everybody in, in the new year. Um, my appointment calendar is wide open. Um, and if you're unable to uh, find an appointment that works for you based on your, um, on your time schedule or your, your course schedule or just the other things that you're dealing with in life, um, don't be shy about uh, sending me an email or calling my office number um, and we'll work to get something set up. Um, but yeah, please don't, please don't put it off. Uh, to the last minute. A lot of these things are, are going to be, it's like planting a garden. You have to give it time to germinate. Um, and so, you know, the sooner that we get started on that, um, then the, the, I think the better off um, we'll both be uh, in the process of looking for your next career step. Absolutely. Well, here is to 2021 with the College of Media. Thank you all so much for listening. And that's going to do it for this episode of Read Talk. We'll see you next time.